Welcome to week number two in our series, Christmas is Complicated, and if you hadn't figured it out yet, this is Christmas Sweater Weekend, uh, and, and this is a brand new sweater. My wife bought this for me. It's a, it's a new Christmas present. Uh, literally just clipped the tags off of it, and, and they call it sweater for a reason. Uh, boy, wasn't it? We, we, we picked the hottest weekend, like in the last four months, to have Christmas sweater weekend, and they call them sweaters for a reason. But uh, this is an early Christmas gift. I'm still trying to figure out, though, if my wife thinks I'm naughty or nice. So anyway, uh, we're, we're, we're continuing on this series. Last week we talked about simple favor and, and the fact that really Christmas is very, very complicated and trying to really simplify it. And, and we talked about what does it mean to have God's favor on our life. And you can catch up with that uh, online. That message is online. But uh, we want to continue in part two now. Uh, again, just looking at this Christmas narrative uh, that's recorded for us in the scripture that was becomes really familiar to us, and uh, I've got, I hope, a creative way to really make it fresh and alive in this message, uh, especially during our time together. Uh, but I want to talk about simple faith uh, in week number two here, simple faith. Now, here's the thing about faith. Faith is all over the Christmas story. However, that word is not used anywhere in the Christmas story, in the Christmas narrative there. But it is all over the place, as we're going to see uh, in our time together. And it is the one critical essential element of the Christmas story that, as I said, never mentioned by name, but it is found in the account almost on every single uh, page as you read the account of the birth uh, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to start off by asking a couple questions. Have, Have you ever wished that you had more faith? Have you ever just wished, man, I wish I had stronger, deeper faith in God? Uh, maybe, maybe you say, I wish I had more faith just to invite a, a friend to, to Valley Christian Church, to one of our gatherings. Or, uh, you, you know, I wish I had more faith in, in sharing with, with someone that I know uh, the good things that God's done in my life. I wish I just had more faith. Or, or maybe I, I wish I just had more faith uh, to, to maybe even uh, raise my hands and worship. Just that, that freedom of, of just lifting my hands and worship. Or, or, or maybe I just wish I had more faith to, to smile in church. Maybe you have just that desire, just a little bit more faith. Or, or maybe during the holidays you find yourself and, and you don't have a job, you're unemployed, and I wish I had more faith. You know, Lord, just believe that somehow God's gonna provide for me and, and for my family what we need. Maybe you're here in New York uh, for the first time. Maybe this is a first for you. You've moved into the community uh, over the last year. And and so this is a a first experience, Christmas in New York. And I wish it just had more faith that everything was going to work out and there weren't going to be any any problems. I wouldn't be lonely. Or, Or maybe this is the first Christmas that this past year you lost a loved one. And and the 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 hurt, the longing, the missing is quite intense this time of the year. I wish I just had more faith that it didn't hurt this way. Have you ever known someone who had really, really strong faith, great faith from what you could observe? And, and, and you're like, I wish I was more like them. I wish I had more faith like they have. Can you imagine for just a minute waking up in the morning and knowing with 100% confidence that God was going to be with you every step of the way that day. What would that feel like? 
What would that even look like? What, what perhaps would you do differently if you were convinced, if you were 100% sure your faith was that strong that, that God is going to be with me every moment of the day today? And so this account of the Christmas story that we find in the Scripture, sometimes it becomes so familiar to us that we miss, we've heard it so many times. I mean, many of us, I think, could probably tell it. We could retell this story with incredible amount of detail and accuracy just because of what we know. We hear it so often. Every single year we hear this story. And sometimes it gets so familiar to us that we lose sight of how much faith was involved with the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. How much faith it actually even takes just to believe this story. And I think sometimes we don't realize how much faith we actually do have. Sometimes we actually even sell ourselves short. And so in this account, what I'd like to do is just read through just a real passage of Scripture here, a pretty lengthy one, go over some of the ground that we did just just. Uh, last week when we talked about Mary, but, but really, I want to look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 37, and, and every time we hit on something in this account that requires faith, I just want to buzz a buzzer so that it just kind of, boop, just kind of wakes us up. Like, you know, that's not just ordinary stuff, but we've come to see it as ordinary because we've gotten so familiar with this, with this account on Christmas of the first Christmas. So let's look at Luke chapter one, verse 26. I've got my buzzer ready right here. And and, and let's begin to read it. Are you ready? Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. That's nuts. This is absolutely nuts. We're we're just in the first go. That is absolutely nuts. Do you realize what the Bible is saying here? We're just kind of like, huh, huh, there's Linus again. He's reading that again on on, on, Charlie Brown Christmas. And, And we don't realize this is crazy. This takes absolute faith just to believe this right here. Think about what it says. First of all, it's saying, there is a God. There's a God. And he sent an angel. God, there is a God, and he has authority over angels. And he could send those angels to interact with human beings. That takes a lot of faith right there. The whole Christmas, there's faith interwoven in the whole entire thing. Just right there in those first couple verses. Let's move on, pick up where we left off. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Hold on just a minute there. Again, this faith? Are you serious? What is he talking about here? This is just crazy. You just heard that the Lord sent an angel, right? And we're like, okay, we've got faith. There's a God. He sends angel. This angel is talking to the person. He's giving him a message. Okay, there's faith. I believe that. Now, all of a sudden, the angel says, God's not up there. God's with you. That's a whole other level of faith. A whole completely different level of faith. 
God's not up there, out there. God is with you. And here's the thing about it also. Think about what this is actually saying. We talked about this in detail last week, but, but uh, just another thing I wanna draw out here. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Do you know what this is telling us about faith? That God's presence can be with us and we don't even recognize his presence with us. It didn't say all of a sudden, God's presence is with you now, Mary. The angel is saying, God's presence has been with you and I'm pointing out what has been all along. It's a matter of perspective. It's the eyes of faith. And so the angel said, God is with you. Boy, that takes, that takes a lot of faith. The Bible makes it clear that, that God is Father, God is Son, and God is also the Holy Spirit. And the fact that the angel tells Mary that God is with her should give us great hope and also great faith because God's presence with us is not necessarily a feeling because if it was a feeling, it would not require faith. So many times I talk to Christians, they're like, I just don't feel God's presence. God's presence is not an emotion. It takes faith. And the angel pointed out to Mary God's always been with you and you haven't even recognized him. A lot we can learn from this Christmas narrative. It goes on, verse 29, and Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And then goes on and says, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call, his, call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. All right, hold on just a minute here. All right, angel, God, message, no, God's actually with you. Okay, gonna have a baby, all right. Oh, and by the way, it's God you're gonna have. He is going to be the son of the most high. You know what the son of the most high means? He's God. He's the son of God. He is God. Not only are you going to have a baby, but he's going to be God's son. Incredible amount of faith all over this Christmas narrative. You are going to have the son of the most high. And then he goes on and he says, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And he goes on and he says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That takes two buzzes right there. And that's all I'm going to say about that one, because... That just takes a lot of faith, you know what I'm saying? That just takes an awful lot of faith. And, and so there, there's faith all throughout this Christmas story. And then it goes on and it says, so the Holy One will be born, uh, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, who was Mary's aunt, Elizabeth, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. 
This is just like all over the place. It's like you can't hardly read a phrase in this Christmas story. Elizabeth is this older woman, this aunt of, of Mary's. Oh, by the way, she hadn't ever been able to have kids. She's going to have a kid. And it says, uh, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month right now, for no word from God will ever fail. And, and so we see here again, just, just faith on, in every aspect of this story. And then look what it goes on and says. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant's Lord. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary, with all of this, all this angels appearing, you're going to get pregnant. It's going to be God's child. The Holy Spirit's the one that's going to do it. No man. Your aunt is already six months pregnant. She couldn't have a child. She's too old to have a child. And what is this Preteen Mary, that most scholars believe is between 12, maybe at the most 13 years old. What is her response? Let it be. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel left. Incredible faith surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And and so that's what I really want to, with the backdrop of how important faith was even to the birth of Jesus Christ, I want to talk about simple faith. Simple faith. Let let me share with you quickly three different, uh, what I would call foundational faith scriptures that are so important for us to understand. And it talks about in the scripture how important faith is for us and how important faith is in the eyes of God. First of all, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, puts it this way. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. What we do not see. Again, if, if God's presence was a feeling, it requires no faith. If, if God's presence was something tangible, then it doesn't require any faith. And the essence of faith is, faith is being sure, confident, positive of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Foundational faith scripture. Here's another one, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, which Hebrews 11 is all about faith. Hebrews 11, verse six. And without faith, look at this now, It's impossible to please God. There is no way that you and I can please God without faith. It's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, anyone who comes to God, must believe that he exists. Although we can't touch him, although we can't see him, although we can't hear him, our senses, we cannot connect with them. But we must have faith and believe that he exists and that he rewards those, watch this now, who earnestly seek him. In the Old Testament, God put it this way, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, 
Not if it's a casual kind of on the side, yeah, I'll, I'll throw them an hour a week and you won't find me. He says, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. I'll be found by you. In the New Testament, Hebrews 11, it says we must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Same idea, with all of our heart. With all of our heart, it requires faith. Jesus talked a lot about the importance of faith if we're going to live the life that God intended for us to live. If we're going to fulfill every great plan that God has for our lives and impacting other people's lives. One instance, Jesus put it this way, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, on the subject of faith. He says, truly I tell you, listen to this, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Now, a mustard seed is actually one of the smallest seeds known to man. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here uh, to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So it seems like we don't even have to have a whole lot of faith in God, not faith in ourselves, not faith for what we want, faith for, in God for what he wants to do, believing in him, trusting in him, hoping in him, just as small as a mustard seed. And you know what? Incredible things are gonna happen in our lives with just that small of faith. The Bible tells us that faith is the invisible, intangible necessity in the life of a Christian. And without it, we cannot please God. We can work, we can strive, we can do, but we cannot please God. Fortunately, as Jesus tells us, we only need a little bit of it. Just, just a little bit of faith. And, and so how, how can we cultivate this, uh, like Mary put it, let it be let it be kind of faith. How can we develop this, let it be, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, let it be, let it be. Let, let's look at four simple let it be facts about faith. Four simple let it be facts about faith that if we'll grab a hold of these facts, you know what's going to happen, and we live these facts out, you know what's going to happen? Our faith is going to get stronger our faith is gonna get deeper. And you know what? We're, we're going to become aware of God's presence with us because our faith in him is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it makes all the difference in the world. So four simple let it be facts about faith. Here's the first one. Faith is established by hearing. Faith is established by hearing. You have to hear. You have to hear God's word. That's what changes, that's what begins to strengthen and grow that seed of faith in our lives. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 puts it this way. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You know, that's why it's so important gatherings like this when we gather together as a church. That's why I don't open up Sports Illustrated and read to you or Reader's Digest. That's not gonna help you. But, but faith comes by hearing, not just by hearing stuff, hearing what? By hearing the word of Christ, God's word. Faith comes, and it begins to grow in our lives. Remember, uh, there, there's something about hearing, isn't it? That this whole idea of, of faith is established by hearing. There's something about when you finally hear it, 
you, you kind of think, you kind of hope, and then all of a sudden you hear something and it just changes everything. Let me give you an example. You remember the first time your significant other told you that they loved you? It's just like all of a sudden, I, I remember when Susie and I were falling in love and, you know, it's kind of like, I, I really like you a lot, you know. I just kind of, just, I, re- I really want to be around you much, you know. And, and, and she was kind of like, you're not disgusting. And I was like, oh, that's just awesome, awesome. And, and, uh, and, and our, our relationship began to grow. And, and I remember we, we, we were in Pensacola, Florida in college. And we drive down to Seville Square. They had this beautiful gazebo. And, and, and I, I've told this story before. I bring out my big boom box, you know, and with my cassette tape in there. And, and we start, you know, dancing under the gazebo on a starry night. And, and, and I remember that first time uh, when, when she told me, I love you. It's like all of a sudden, boom. I had this like rock solid inside. I, and I remember it was the same time when I told her, I love you. And I, I remember it was right around Christmas time because our first date was in November and, and I wanted her to know how I felt about her before she went back home to her hometown in Melbourne, Florida, and I was up here in New York. And, and it was like, when I said, I love you, and she said, I love it just confirmed all this stuff inside. And you know what? All of a sudden, I had faith in her. I had faith in our relationship. I had faith that even though we were going to be apart for almost a month at Christmas, we were going to be back together again because I heard what she said and it made the faith in our relationship strong. It's the same way with God. It's the same way with God. Faith comes by hearing. And how does that come? By the word of Christ. That's why it's so important that we spend time in God's word because you know what happens? We, we, we read God's word and it builds faith. And, and we hear about how much God loves us and what he's done for us through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect, sinless life that didn't deserve death, but he laid his life down and sacrificed his life for your sake and for my sake. He paid the price that we, we owed. And he rose again from the dead. And you know what, when we read about the goodness of God, when we read about what he's done for us through Jesus Christ, when we read uh, about the words of, the words of Christ and, and what he wants for us, and we read through the scripture of how God worked his plan of redemption for, for mankind all the way through, you know what happens? Faith begins to rise in our hearts. And, and so faith is established by hearing. That's why, as I said, gatherings like this are so important. Here's the second thing, uh, simple, uh, let it be fact about faith. Faith is proven by action. Faith is proven by action. It's established by hearing, but faith is proven by action. This is like, again, the analogy of of falling in love. You know, at at some point, uh, you you hear that first, I love you, faith, boom. But, But then it's like, you know, if that's all you hear for like 28 years and there's no action accompanying that I love you, you know, like that theologian said, Beyonce, if you like it, you ought to put a ring on it. You, you know, it's like it takes some action. You, you, you need to take some action. It's called get married. 
It, it, it means like take some real action. Take that step of saying, I love you and I'm committing my life to you from this day forward, no matter what. It's the same way when it comes to faith. In James chapter two, beginning in verse 14, we looked at this last summer, remember, and we went through verse by verse, passage by passage, the book of James. James chapter two, verse 14 puts it this way. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, no actions? Just talk, no actions. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. And go on. And it says, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about, takes no action about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. See, see, that's the whole thing. Faith comes by hearing. It's established by hearing. But then there's action that accompanies it. Same idea with the relationship. Love, love is not a feeling. Love is a verb. Love is an action. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. It's an action. Same thing with faith. It takes, there's action, corresponding action to faith. It's so important. Let me put it this way. There's a big difference between professing faith and possessing faith. There's a big difference between professing faith. Oh, I, I, I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Christ and possessing faith. Actually following Christ. There's a big difference between the two. There's a big difference between saying I'm a Christian and living like one. That's faith. That's faith. Not just talking the talk. Faith is also walking the walk. And so faith is proven by action. I love how Romans chapter 10 verse nine puts it this way. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that's faith, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Boom, ironclad, no doubt about it. You, you confess with your mouth, you declare it, but it's not just saying it, you believe it in your heart. That's the action. You will be saved. Oftentimes we say what we think, but we do what we believe. Oftentimes we say what we think, but we actually do what it is that we believe instead. We, we say we believe, uh, we, we say that we actually, uh, we, you know, God's word, this is, this is what we stand on, this is God's word, this is what I'm all about, I'm a Christian, I, you know, I follow what the scripture says, but then that cute little someone catches our eye, and although God's word says all kinds of stuff about purity, we put that aside because we believe I just want to do what I want to do. And there's a disconnect between what we say with our mouths and what we actually live in our life and with our feet. I'm not talking about being perfect here, but, but I am talking about, and this is what Romans is talking about, and James is talking about, if we say we have faith in God, there should be some sign in our life of change, of the power of God working in our life and transforming our lives. So important. 
Mary, you know, she said, let it be. But then you know what? She responded to the rest of that entire scenario of giving birth to the Son of God with faith. She didn't just kind of like, let it be, and I'm just going to sit here and let you do everything, God. She had to obey. She had to follow the direction that God gave her with Joseph all the way through. And so faith is proven by action. Here's the third thing. Faith is tested by trials. Faith is tested by trials. God will test your faith. God tests my faith. He does it all the time. Because, you know, there's, there's always an exam, isn't there? When the teacher's teaching, there's always an exam to follow. And God will always test our faith. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says about this. 1 Peter 1, 7, these have come, what are they talking about, trials and tests? These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God will allow us to be tested and walk through trials to prove, not to him, to show how much we actually do or don't have faith in him. So important that faith is tested by trials. How about this back to James real quick? We won't spend time on it because we we went through all this in the summer in our series on the book of James. James 1, verses two through four. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Not if, whenever. It's part of life. It's part of life. Consider it pure joy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. What is it? Perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's why God tests us. That's that's why we have trials, because it's producing, it's really strengthening our faith as we're going through that difficult time. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I I never wanted to face it. I never thought I'd be in this position. God, what is going on? But I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to keep on moving through it. And my hope is going to be anchored in you. And you know what? There's something great being produced. Perseverance and a finished work. And maturity is coming forth in our lives and being developed in our lives. Here's the fourth thing real quick. The the fourth let it be fact about faith. Faith is strengthened by stories. Faith is strengthened by stories. Let me ask you a question. What's your story? What's your story? Do do you know that if you'll just share the story of what God has done in your life, someone else needs to hear that because it will strengthen their faith. That's why whatever God does something in my life, whenever God does something in your life, he never does it just for us. He does it for others as well that we would share the story of what he's helped us walk through and overcome, and it strengthens someone else's faith. Faith is strengthened by stories. Last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, puts it this way. 
They triumphed over him. Who is him? That's, that's the deceiver, Satan. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. What's the blood of the lamb? The blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross that we believe that, that brought us forgiveness, purchased our salvation. The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What is a testimony? A testimony is when you've, been, you've gone through a test. You can't have a testimony without a test, without a trial, without a challenge, without difficulty that you've had to overcome. And you know the only way you were able to get through it was because of the power of God. This is why we just recently, he, even here in Valley Christian Church, just this past weekend, Sisters United, 170 ladies gathered together and we heard powerful stories from women of what God has done in their lives and delivered them from. Powerful stories. And you know what happened? Heard so many ladies say, it just, I just feel like so much stronger. My faith was strengthened by hearing the stories. This is why just, just a couple months ago in our men's breakfast, coach them up men's breakfast, uh, my, my friend Yuri, Pastor Yuri from uh, Tiraspol, he shared this story of being kidnapped, held for ransom. This is like three months ago when he was here. And, and he's sharing this story. And, and you know what? Just this past week, I ran into someone in the church and they were like, you know what? Man, that made such a difference in my life hearing what Pastor Yuri went through and how God delivered him from me. He goes, I'll just never forget. I just feel different as a result of it. There's power in that story. Power in the story. Faith is strengthened by story. That's why small groups are such a big part of Valley Christian Church. Well, there's no way we can have everybody share their story on a Sunday morning or on a Thursday night. But in these small groups, these smaller events, smaller groups like this, our community groups, that's one of the most important things in those community groups form is, is that they're a safe place where we can share our story. And you know what always ends up happening? You leave out of there, first of all, realizing I'm not the only one. Second thing is this. If God did it for them, he could do it for us. He could do it for me. And faith begins to grow and build in our lives. Faith in God and in his son, Jesus Christ, our savior. Faith. Stories of hope, of God's redemption. So many times we, we never say it out loud, but we ask ourselves the question, don't we? Is it even possible for God to make something out of this mess I find myself in? L let me just encourage you. Ask some folks their story. Ask some folks their story. Let them share their story and see what God's done it's when we share what the Lord has done in our lives, what he's brought us through and what he's brought us to, that other people's lives and their faith is strengthened. Stories strengthen other people. And let me just ask you a question. When's the last time you shared your story with someone else? Or are you keeping that to yourself? Are, are, are you keeping that precious thing that God did in and through your life? helped you to overcome and get through. You, you, you're keeping that to yourself when it could help someone else. 
when it could make a difference, it could be exactly what your friend needs that you've been praying for, but you've been withholding your story from them. And God's saying, I want you to share what I've done in your life. Share your testimony when you went through that test and God saw you through and he made all the difference in your life. Let me ask you this question. What have you learned that others could benefit from if you just share your story? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever thought about how do we know about this angel meeting with Mary? Do you know why we have this story today? Because Mary shared it. Mary told someone, and we all benefited from it. And so faith is, it can be complicated. It, it can look complex, but there are things that we can do to strengthen our faith. And so I want to just close right now in prayer. And I want to pray that God would just allow us to develop that kind of let it be according to your word type of faith in our lives, just like Mary. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that does build our faith. And Lord, through these four steps, really, I, I pray that we would really set our mind to, to building our faith in these let it be facts about faith, that faith is established by hearing, that faith is proven by action, that faith is tested by trials, and faith is strengthened by stories. And Lord, as we set it, our aim and our goal to develop strong faith. May we have the kind of faith that Mary did, and may we be able to say, just like she said, no matter what your unique plan and purpose is for our lives, let it be to me, just as you have said. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.